and we had that first real date and it was magical. You know, it was just magical. And then he start saying that, you know, he wants a family, he wants children, he wants marriage, he wants this, he wants blah, blah, blah. You're so beautiful. You're this, you're that, and da, da, da. And, and I was just kind of like, just soaking it in, but remind, remind you that I'm in such a desperate kind of space. My energy was desperate for so, having a child. So do you think you would have dated David if you were not in this, this damaged state? When you- Absolutely not. Hey, I'm Ellen. If you're a regular listener of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast, you may have heard my voice in previous episodes, such as The Deep Dive. The reason you're hearing me now is because this episode is the one you have all been waiting for. Chris sits and talks to David's co-parent. That's right. Miles' mother is here to tell her story. And because David didn't want to play any role in silencing her voice, he asked me to edit the content because Chris don't own that skillet. So get your popcorn, your wine, your bourbon, because you might need it for this or whatever it is you prefer because this is gonna be good. Part one of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? So ladies and gentlemen and consenting adults, welcome back to another episode of the Single Dad, Why You Mad podcast. You might be wondering, why is Clark leading it off? Why is it just his voice? Because you know what? David was not invited today. <laughs> and you can tell by the chuckle, we have a special guest. Generally, what we do when we have a special guest, because here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to skip all of the fluff. We're going to skip the, you know, me telling you about my week, because y'all don't care. When we have a special guest, we generally allow that guest to introduce themselves, his or herself, in the way that they see fit you know, utilizing the name that they see fit and giving as much detail as they would like before we ask the foundational question. So I'm going to just dive right into this because I know this is an episode that people have really, really, really been waiting for. So this lady, my special guest, would you mind introducing yourself? My name is Habiba, and I am David's ex-girlfriend and mother of his son, Miles, and um, I'm happy to be here. Well, happy to have you. Yes. I didn't listen to the podcast when it first came out for a number of reasons, but I ended up listening to it recently, and I just thought that, you know, it would be great to come on here and, you know, to share my side of the story and... And honestly, my goal for being here um, is to improve and enhance the relationship between um, the co-parenting relationship between um, David and I. Because ultimately, my goal is for us to raise a happy and healthy and intelligent and funny and successful boy who grows into a successful man. So that's my only goal. Um, it's not to set the record straight. It's not to clear my name. It's not, and I don't think any of those things are even really achievable. So I, I'm not, that's not my goal. No, and, and I feel you. You know, it, 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 the goal that you just laid out for yourself is the goal that any involved parent has for their kids. 
I want my kid to be a functional adult, right? That's um, right. So my first question, as you said, you know, you have you haven't listened to the, the podcast a lot. What was the first episode that you listened to? I think I listened to the very first episode a while ago, and I didn't feel the need. I wasn't at a I wasn't at a place where I could listen. We were in the very um, heated and continue to be in a heated uh, court battle since forever. Right. And um, it was just a little too triggering to hear um, his perspective and not lies. Well, some. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure he believes that's the truth because he does believe in what he's, he's saying. I mean, he also does lie, you know, but, but you know, that's again, yeah. back to the goals. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. I don't, I can tell already this is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> You know, and it's interesting because, you know, I don't know. Did you listen to the episode where, where my ex-wife was on? Yes. So I listened to that. And yeah. I actually, the episode that I listened to that really made me want to come on is um, the episode you had with Nefertiti. Oh, Nefertiti Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one was the game changer for me, mostly because it seemed like it was a game changer for David. And I had never seen him move in that positive direction. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible. So I was almost like dumbfounded. I'm like, when did this episode happen? Because I've not really seen that revelation stick with him, yeah. you know? But um, from listening to it, I thought, well, maybe there's a chance that we can repair this and move forward and like get peace because I need peace. Yeah. I honestly need peace. This is like the, um, one of the only major areas in my life that I don't have control or alignment with, you know, I don't have harmony there. And it's, it's always like kind of on me, like a yeah. black cloud. And I don't want that to be, I don't want that in my area. I don't want that in my, my atmosphere. You know, and so, so it's interesting, right? Like, and, and I think it might've been Nefertiri who, who put it out. And it's funny because David and I recorded about a week ago and we were just talking, we did a recap because we've been doing this for about a year and we were talking about our favorite episodes. And one of the things that struck him was the fact that Nefertiri said, and I believe it was Nefertiri who said this, it was the idea that when you're co-parenting with somebody, you know, you, you've had the dissolution of this relationship and is essentially you being forced to deal with somebody that you otherwise you to. would that not talk her. with. Right. <laughs> you, 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 it's you very, would, right. The and, whole premise is absurd. Right. I mean, like my, my ex-wife and I say it all the time, like we are inextricably bound, right? right? Because despite us being divorced and going on and living our own lives, we have these three little people, not so little anymore that we're responsible for. And we're trying to achieve this balance because, and we have to, because I'm not giving up my time and my rights and, you know, my love for them. And I know damn well she isn't. So we got to find this happy medium and we got to find this balance. Yeah. So I guess with you having listened and you starting with the first episode, you know what the foundational question is, right? Yes. How the fuck did you get here? Uh, so I'll say that I got there. We got where we are now because we were both, I think we're both very similar in the worst ways. Wow. 
you know? Um, so I think, and I, I didn't realize that until quite recently. Mm -hmm. um, all the things that I really kind of despise and don't like about David are also things that I also exhibit. Wow. And so that took a lot of time and reflection for me to get that piece of it. So he's preoccupied with money. And I thought, well, he's just, you know, always talking about money. And he, he's always like worried that someone's taking advantage of him. And he's always feeling like he's being, um, you know, victimized. And I think about him like, I feel that way too about things, you know, like, I think he thinks the world is a game and he has to play it and he's got to win it and all that stuff. And then I think about it, I'm like, I kind of feel that way too, you know, and these are not good qualities. Um, but it took a while to realize that we have our bad personality traits are very similar, very well matched in that area. <laughs> so, so how do you and David meet? So we met initially, um, we used to work together mm -hmm. um, at a nonprofit community development corporation in Harlem. And I basically, he was kind of like my boss. You know, I worked for him. Um, we worked on a couple of projects. And, um, you know, David's very charismatic, funny. I'm charismatic, funny. Um, and, you know, at the time I was dating my, he was my husband at the time. Well, we were actually just dating, but we ended up getting married. Right. And so, but I was always in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and David was always in a relationship too with lots of women at the office, lots of them. Um, so I never <laughs> took a... <laughs> Hold up. You said lots of women at the office. So David, you're saying he was systematically dating the women in the office? I, I can count at least five, yes. And it wasn't a very large organization. Okay. Anyway, that's just further information. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a single man, you know, why not? You know, mm -hmm. but anyway, so there was, there was nothing there, but we always had really good chemistry um, just in terms of, you know, being friends and coworkers and we worked well together, but you know, it, that's all it was. I invited him to my wedding. Yep. Did he, he go never, to your wedding? He never RSVP'd. I called him. I said, Hey, are you coming? He never responded, um, you know, and then years later, I found out that he, you know, he, he didn't want to come to my wedding because he was interested, I guess. I don't know. Right. Anyway, he didn't show up. So let's dive into that. Did you guys have an actual conversation about why he didn't show up to your wedding? Uh, we talked about it briefly. This is years later after we were together. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he did admit that, you know, you know, why would he go to my wedding if he was, you know, interested in me or something? I don't know. Yeah. So let's go. So you, so you, you were married. I was married. And you and David um, were friends during, during this period. You continued to work together during all this? Um, he got fired from <laughs> the place that we used to work at maybe about two, two years in. So we were still friendly though after, you know, after he, um, left because yeah. he i would see him out and about in harlem um he was always like had a lollipop somewhere by a bar or outside you know always alone but out which is also a uh, you know part of some of the issues that i had with our relationship 
But anyway, um, after I got divorced, I would run into him and he would try to, you know, strike up conversation and um, try to take me out. And I thought at the time that he had a girlfriend, mm -hmm. which he would never confirm or deny. But I would literally start the conversation with, so how's your girlfriend? Right. You know, like... I'm not into any, you know, being on the side or him, you know, dating. I, I, you know, first of all, I was, I wouldn't, I never considered dating him. Okay. I so, never considered dating him because I remembered what he was like. Right. Very char charismatic. He's very attractive. But what I also knew from working with him is that he has lots of issues with authority. Um, mainly he has issues with women in authority and he can be very, um, I don't know, charmingly sexist. I don't know if that's a word. Like, I told him one time, I was like, you remind me of, um, of the main character in Mad Men, um, Donald Draper. <laughs> Don Draper. And not because of the womanizing necessarily, although that's part of it. Because David's not really like a womanizer. I mean, he's just kind of not completely honest about those kinds of things. But he's not like a womanizer, I don't think. Um, but more, more in the, just the sexist, the, just the, you know, he will call you honey, sweetheart, Dolly pop, like, you know, and you know, it's, it wasn't appropriate. I didn't mind it because, you know, we had a rapport. So it wasn't like, I felt like, you know, I felt sexually harassed or anything like that, but it it's not appropriate. And when he was dealing with women in authority positions, especially the CEO, um, the ED at the time, who was a woman, you know, he couldn't be bothered with um, doing things that he thought were not smart or not what he wanted to do. Um, and he could be very abrasive, very abrasive. Like I, I was never at that time on the other end of his anger, but I would be in rooms and I would hear him yelling at people. Um, you know, he's on a construction site, so I get that. That's part of the work. That's part of how they communicate to each other, so I get that. Um, but it, it's abusive. And I had never seen him treat a woman that way, but I figured it's not a far leap. Like, that's probably how he acts in his interpersonal relationship and his personal relationship. So I never, I never wanted to date him. Um, I didn't think it was going to work. And I also, like I said, I think that some of the things about us were too similar. And I didn't think we were compatible. Okay. So, so you, you've thrown out a, a, a few things, right? You've, you've thrown out, you know, not wanting to date him to begin with, right? And you've thrown I out. I resisted a lot. Yeah. So you've thrown out not wanting to date him to begin with. You've thrown out, you know, the idea of him not necessarily being honest and candid about his status when trying so to. No, he wasn't. He wasn't honest about his status. And in fact, after we started dating, he told me that his ex-girlfriend she must have heard about me or found out that that we were together, and he she was asking him like, "Hey, is that the girl that I, you know, was asking you about when we were together?" And he was like, oh, yeah, but we weren't, we weren't dating at that time. We were just hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And that's that kind of stuff. Like, it's not, we weren't dating at that time. But if I was down, he would have pushed, he would have, he would have moved forward with it. And he was in a relationship. So it's, he's not honest. He's not an honest person. Wow. Um, but, okay, that's yeah. not the goal. Not the goal. Well, it's, it's not the goal. But we're, once again, we're having a candid conversation, right? Yeah. And 
one, one of the things that, that life has shown me, you know, whether it be in business, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in, you know, parenting, right? There is one person's perception, the other person's perception, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth, right? There's um, also people who lie. Right. I, I, I'm not saying that there aren't people who lie. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, there's a perception breeds reality is basically what I'm saying. Like I said, you, so you, you, you've talked about him, you know, not necessarily being honest about in his approach to you, you being resistant. So that, that bears the question, what made you change your mind? So a couple things, um, more time passed. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I think he, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure he wasn't in a relationship because this was a couple years after. And um, he kept asking. And then I just kind of was just like, okay, you know, like, let's do it. Um, let's go on a date. So he told me that he was going to, we were going to meet up one day. We had never confirmed where we were going to meet though. And so he called me and I'd been out with other friends after work and I figured I would just meet him somewhere. And in his mind, he thought he was going to meet me at my house. Um, so it was just misunderstanding. It was miscommunication. So by the time he called me to say, Hey, you know, you know, I'm pulling up to your house or whatever. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not at home yet. Where should I meet you? And then he got upset. He thought that I, you know, like maybe forgot about the date or I was just being flaky or whatever, or, whatever and it just turned into like a real big misunderstanding and it you know he got very upset and he hung up the phone and so we never went out that night right and and i felt very bad i felt bad because i you know i felt like that i might have disrespected him and that it was my fault about the mix up and you know whatever it is um but that that incident is indicative of our whole relationship he has assumptions that he finds are like black and white as in we you know he told me we're going to this place he's picking me up at this time and I just like didn't show up that's what he has in his mind on my end I have loose understanding about what we're doing I'm not really sure I'm very flexible um I'm kind of like you know we'll see how it goes like fly you know what's the word um Go with the flow, with the you flow, know. Fly like, by the seat of your pants. Yeah, I don't. Situation. It doesn't need to be, you know, all prescribed and all that stuff. And I didn't know what the exact plan was. Um, I'm not a mind reader, um, but I should have gotten more information from him so to make sure that you know everything kind of you know worked out. And that's it in a nutshell. That's how we got here. He has these ideas, these truths, these assumptions, these um, understandings that he holds and he believes. And whether or not he communicates that to me or whether or not I receive what he is intending is another story. And when I explain to him the misunderstanding, he takes it as disrespect. He takes it as abuse. He interprets it as you know, someone taking advantage of him, someone being mean to him, someone abusing him. And it, it, there's, there's no room for any understanding. And so that's how we got here. (laughs) (laughs) So much. So, so much. So like you, you, have laid out a lot of the the frustrations or you laid out some of the frustrations you felt in dealing with David and the lack of communication or what you perceived as, you know, 
a lack of expression in terms not in terms of expression of emotion, but expression of you know expectations. It's right? a disconnect. It's a it's Dis a disconnect. Right. That's what it is. It's a disconnect. And when when I have instances of disconnect, I don't attribute it to someone having ill intentions. I think of it like, oh well, there was a misunderstanding. Let me figure out what happened. Da da da. If there's a disconnect with David, which there often is, he reverts to, you're, you don't respect me. You don't do this. You did that. You're, you're a fucking bitch. And now it's your fucking fat bitch. And it's very emotionally terrorizing to have to deal with someone every single time there's a misunderstanding. It goes to a hundred every single time. And it's very... Like, I'm surprised I don't have an ulcer right now. <laughs> so you're saying every time you guys have a conversation, every time there's a disagreement, every time there's, you know, a misunderstanding or miscommunication, it is that escalation, right? Not so, every single time, but very often. Okay. So, so very often. So this begs the question, like, with, with these things that you're, you know, you're sharing about your interactions with David, what drew you to him in the first place? So I'll say that, so after that incident happened where we never ended up going on the date, um, I did call him a lot. I felt very bad. Um, and, you know, we didn't talk for a while. And then he reached out again. And I felt bad about what had happened before. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's go out. So we went out and we had a really good time. You know, like he's very funny. He's very charming, you know, he's attractive, you know, we, and we, we, it felt familiar, if anything. Um, although I don't think that we know each other. I don't think that we ever really knew each other. Um, I don't think we still know each other, but at that time it felt very familiar. It felt comfortable and there were a lot of other factors going on. So like I had, um, so after my divorce, I moved to Harlem and I moved on my own. And that was the first time I was living on my own um, in the apartment that I'm still in today. And um, I was very depressed. My mother was very ill with kidney disease. And that's actually part of the reason, part of the story about my divorce. Um, so my, I found out this is while I was married. I found out that my mom was ill with kidney disease and that at some point she would need a kidney. Right. And so I, I got tested to see if I was a match with her. And it came out that I was not a match with her, but they told us that there was a program that we could sign up for where they would do these kidney swap programs. Swap. So I was in the midst of like figuring that out because it's a long process. So somewhere like around 2012 or so, found out that that was something that I was gonna wanna do. Eventually, I was gonna be giving my kidney, not directly to my mom, but- To somebody and entering the pool and then yeah. they would find a match for your mom. Right. And so I told my hus husband at the time, I said, well, you know, you can still have kids with just one kidney, but why don't we, since we've been talking about having kids anyway, at that point, we had been married for like six years or so. Okay. We got married quite young. Um, How old were you when you got married the first time? We were 20, I was 26, 27. Okay. So I told my ex-husband or my husband at the time, like, you know, I think we should have kids and 
just do it sooner than later, you know, just escalate things. Um, and he was like, well, I'll think about it and we'll, we'll talk about it again. And the next conversation we had was him telling me that he wasn't sure he wanted to be married, let alone have kids. He just wasn't even sure he wanted to be married. Wow. So that was really kind of like a blow. I felt kind of blindsided, but looking back, of course, in reflection and hindsight, there were a lot of things in that relationship that I, you know, I think on both of our ends, you know, we have, we had a lot to kind of work through. So anyway, that started the process of us, you know, kind of ending and dissolving the, the relationship. So I didn't finally, I didn't get completely divorced until like around 2014 or so. And then by 2015, I actually had that kidney surgery. So by the time I'm like running into David and whatnot, I had, you know, been divorced, had this major um, surgery where I donated my kidney. I also, part of the divorce, I lost my job because I was, you know, just such a wreck. So I did a lot of soul searching at that point and decided I wanted to switch careers. Okay. So, so what were you doing prior? So you, so prior you worked for that, a nonprofit. Yeah, I was working in nonprofit management you know, doing communications and development for um, nonprofits. And then I start working for the Bloomberg administration for the mayor's office. Okay. And, you know, it was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with. It was a lot to deal with my mom's health. It was a lot to deal with my, um, you know, the dissolution of my marriage, you know, work. I had just started this new job and I was feeling overwhelmed. So a lot happened. Anyway, long story short, I end up losing that job. Um, it caused me to do a lot of soul searching. I uh, decided that I wanted to change gears and I had always been interested in interior design. Okay. And I figured, you know, since a lot of these like major life situations were happening, I was like, you know, I just really want to live my life to the fullest. I want to give this a shot. I want to give this a chance. So I switched gears, but it was very difficult to do that. Not in terms of my will, but in terms of what I was giving up. So I ended up having to do internships and take a lot of steps back in terms of, you know, my financial security. So I was, you know, feeling insecure about that financially. I was feeling insecure about, um, you know, personal things. You know, I was nearly 36 or so or 37. I'm now I'm starting to think about like, what if I never have kids? You know, I'm reaching the point where my, you know, they say after 35, it just goes downhill. So I was like, wow, this is, you know, getting really dire. So I just wasn't, I wasn't my most confident self at that time. And that's another reason why I didn't want to date David at the time when he was approaching me was because I knew I just needed to be alone and kind of heal and like get myself together, you know, like get my mojo back you know, get my finances together, get, you know, just get back into where I'd been. And, and I don't know about you, but for women, a lot of your self-confidence is attached to your relationships and especially to your spouse. Right. And so when you go through a divorce as a woman, and I don't know if I'm speaking too generally for all women, but I'll just say for myself, that divorce really hit my self-esteem. It really did. Um, it made me feel like, you know, I just may never meet anyone and I may never be a mother and I really wanted to be a mom. 
And, and then, you know, that on top of starting a new career where I had to take so many steps back, I had to become an assistant after being, you know, this not high power level person, but I was making really good money before. Um, so it was just a lot. It was, it, I wasn't at my best. It wouldn't be a, a perfect time for me then to start dating someone who I already knew that we weren't compatible. That okay. wasn't compatible with. So, like, and, and so laying that out, you said earlier, and I, I, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier, that you guys never really knew each other and you still don't. No. So, so no. how long had, had you been acquainted with David before you guys started dating? So I knew him when we worked together, but we probably worked together for maybe a year or two, okay. if that. Um, but it was work, you know, it's like, you know, we would hang out sometimes after work, but you know, yeah. and I was, I was in a relationship. I wasn't really trying to get him to getting to know him like that because I didn't want it to get. You didn't want it to be I messy. Didn't, I didn't want to be messy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it, so at this point now it's, it's, Two years of knowing each other. You've been married for six years. Was it? It was about six to eight years before like, the, the divorce was. Yeah. Final. By the like, time we got divorced, it was about seven years. Seven okay, years. so seven years. All right, so seven years. David is kind of a friend on the periphery, former coworker. Out. He's just out in the street. Yeah. Yeah. But I was out in the street too. So. Right. <laughs> Listen, you know. Like if you're both in the road, you're both in the road. What are you gonna do? Right, right, right. right. So yeah. you're both yeah. in. You're, so you're out and about. You're, I was out and about. I was actually, I was, I was having a good time. Like I was finally on my. I was finally living on my own. I was single. I did not want to be in a relationship, so I wasn't looking. Right. I was just trying to get myself together. I was trying to focus on career. Okay, so you're focusing on career. You're going through all these upheavals. And I'll say to you, like, from a male perspective and as a, a divorced male perspective, I can relate. I tell people all the time, like, when I was going through my divorce, especially as someone who has spent his entire life being incredibly confident and incredibly self-aware, right? And, and borderline egotist, I'll say it. But it, it's me going, okay, I know what I bring to the table. I know what I'm capable of. I know who I am. Right. Because I do the introspection. In a divorce can fuck you up. Yeah, it turns everything you thought you knew, everything that was secure, Absolutely. everything that you got figured out. Right, so like in, it's in my like case- It's like not figured out anymore. Right, in my case, it was the one person who had signed up to hold me down for my entire life. Now it was like, yeah, nah, I'm not fucking with that anymore. Yes, like psych. Right, so it's, 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 it's absolute bully your ego, and I get that. And and I've shared on, on you know previous episodes, so I was going through a divorce, I, go, I was laid off, so I was unemployed, and my dad's cancer went from terminal to him being gone in like four months. The, the reality is like things don't happen in, in, in one small in one small no, uh, they situation. No, they happen all, all at once. All at once, yeah. So absolutely that affects your, your decision-making process. It affects your sense of self or what have you. But you know, I bring it back to, to the question. What made you finally go, I'm going to give this dude a shot? Because we have fun. You know, right. we have fun. We laughed. Um, David is very witty. He could be very sarcastic. Like, I like that. I like the banter. I like the, you know, the connection. I like the, you know, we we gelled, you know, and it was it was fun. You know, I still feel like there's times where David and I, not so much 
recently, but you know, we, we laugh, you know, we joke, we would like joke on each other. So it was like, it was nice. And then we, at one point, it just was really a lot of chemistry. There was like a lot of attraction. I don't know what it was. He was, it seemed like he was saying everything that I needed to hear. And I think looking back on it, I think he saw me as like something to obtain, you know, like something to win, like a challenge, you know, and I wasn't trying to play hard to get. I was just like really kind of sticking to my gut and like saying, you know, I just don't think this is going to work out. Like, let me, and I said to him one time when he was asking me out, I'm like, David, listen, you don't want to do this. You do not want me. I am, I curse too much. I drink too much. I smoke, at that time I smoked cigarettes. I don't anymore. I smoke too many cigarettes. I'm always late. You're too sensitive for me. You know, like I'm not sensitive. And I knew that about him. Like I knew that on top of all that kind of bravado, he's actually quite sensitive. He's very sensitive. Right. You know, he's easily wounded and it would be me having to walk on eggshells a lot to be around him, to be in a relationship. And I literally remember writing it out like that in a list. You do not want to date me because, and I laid it out. He said, oh, that just sounds like you're fronting, like you, you know, you don't want to try this, like you just scared, da 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 da. I'm just like, dude, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. But anyway, I was like, okay, fine, let's just do it. And we had that first, that first real date and it was magical. Right. You know, it was just magical. And then he start, you know, saying that, you know, he wants a family, he wants children, he wants marriage, he wants this, he wants... Blah, blah, blah. You're so beautiful. You're this, you're that, and da, da, da. And, and I was just kind of like just soaking it in. But remind, remind you that I'm in such a desperate kind of space. My energy was desperate for so, having a child. So do you think you would have dated David if you were not in this, this damaged state? When you... Absolutely not. Okay. Because I, would, I, would, I had already gone through a relationship with my ex-husband where I didn't listen to my internal gut yeah and i decided to proceed with the relationship and it was a long relationship and it you know i i don't regret it but i i thought after that point of the divorce i was like i'm not gonna do that again i'm gonna listen to my gut and if it doesn't feel good in my gut i'm not doing it and so you're saying so, dating david didn't feel good in your gut it didn't feel good in my gut at all and not if not at all yeah but but your spider senses were tingling my spidey sense and that's why I had so much resistance to dating him in the first place. But after he got me and put his claws in me. <laughs> I'm joking over here. <laughs> Once he got me and I, you yeah. know, and then he starts saying all these nice things and complimenting me and getting gifts and doing all this stuff. And I'm in this like very kind of like vulnerable, like, you know, this actually feels good, you know, this attention felt good. I'm having fun. You know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. May I need to give this a shot. Like this could actually work. Let's see. Like maybe, you know, he's nothing like my ex-husband. So I was like, well, maybe that's a good sign. So what did you genuinely enjoy about David? Because there had to be something. Cause, all right, so I, I guess I'll ask the I've, first I've question. I've been saying he's smart. He was funny. Well, I don't know about smart, but he's he's funny. He's um, witty. He's um, charismatic. 
you know, he dresses well, you know, he's, he's fake generous. I'll say that. Um, wow. Hold on. Before you go any further, <laughs> pause. What the fuck is fake generous? Fake generous is, and it all comes down to power. Right. So to me, David gives people gifts to make himself feel good about himself and to also give himself a position of power. So he gives you these, gives you a gift. Mind you, it's not a gift that I want or have asked for or have told him I want. Because everything I asked David for, he didn't want to give me. So is it a gift that comes from him knowing you and because I like I, no it, he does he does this is the thing he doesn't know me he doesn't he's not interested in knowing someone he gives you Louis Vuittons because that's what he likes he gives you you know some other designer I don't know designers I don't red bottom I I didn't know what that was right you know so, what I'm saying so like you get me these things. I've never asked for them. I don't want them. But now that he has done that, he, he, he's counting it. He has like a, a mental, he might actually have a physical book, quite a honestly. A checklist of things that he's, he's done for yes. you. No, it's, it's very transactional for him. And he said to me one time, I'll give you anything that you want. And, um, you know, I like to take you out. I want to make sure you look good and you do this and da da da. And I want the best for you. And but just don't ever deny me sex. That's all I ask. <laughs> so I'm laughing because, like, not phrased in the same way, but I remember having similar conversations with my ex-wife and saying, in, in, in my phraseology. You can have anything in the world you want from me if you just follow three simple rules in, in order to get along with me. Because I'm, I'm that simple. Any difficulty or any, like, like any difficulty you have navigating our interaction is an overlay that you've put on what you perceive is my wants, my needs, my desires. Very simple. Blow me, stroke my ego, stand on my way while I'm working on something. Because I'm always come back. But if I'm working on this, I don't have the attention span. I just can't. You know, that was me. But I, I believe... And I'm not saying every man, but a lot of dudes have some variation of that. I never, I've never been told that, but not to say that's not how someone felt. Yeah. But I mean, it, well, like also I said, David, it, David's phrasing on certain things can, can leave a little bit to be desired. But it's not just the phrasing, it's his belief and it's how yeah. he, it's how he behaves and how he operates. And he, he tried to control me a lot throughout the relationship and control is a big part of the way that he he operates and it, I think it's from a lot of insecurity on his end um, I certainly was a very insecure person at that time and I explained you know some of the a lot of the things that were happening in my life I was at a very insecure vulnerable time in my life and I think that David sought that out or took advantage of it or I don't know what. Well, re realistically, it sounds like he had been pursuing you for, in a roundabout way, for eight years. And you've gone through various incarnations. So I don't know if it was necessarily just in that vulnerable spot, but that's where he ultimately got you, right? Well, um, I, it's interesting because I think he had a perception of me that was based on what he knew about me when I was at this, at the old job. Right. You know, I was very financially secure. 
I was doing very well at my job. I was, I guess, the prototype of what it is that he would want. And again, he didn't get to know me then, and I get that. So his understanding of me was still that. And when he start, when we, when we moved in together and he start to realize that I'm not financially secure the way I was before, that I'm not, you know, in a, a you know, a high powered job like I was before, that I, I went back to school and I was working full time. So I'm a student and I'm working an administrative job. So I think he saw that and he thought that I lied. Once he start realizing like the real realities of my life, instead of like understanding and accepting that that was where I was at that time, because to me that was just a temporary part of my life. I had every intention on, you know, getting back to where I was right. in terms of my success level. But I think what happened with David is once he actually got me, like he got the prize and he realized that I wasn't the same person that he knew then in terms of those superficial things, then he, I think he felt like he had been bamboozled. So, all right, because there, there's some deconstruction to be done here, right? So you guys, you ultimately say, okay, we're going to go on this first date, right? Yeah. And the first date, miscommunication, it ends up not taking place. So you go on the actual first date, right? You, you know, communicated, set, set an agenda, got together, had an amazing time. Yeah. How long were you dating before you moved in together? Maybe for a month. Oh, wow. So you guys made a quick move. You were oh, dating. It was, it was fast. Right. And, and, it was, and it was fast. He pushed it. He pushed it. Like two, three weeks in, he was sending, he was texting me images of baby feet. And I'm like reading my friends this text. I'm like, dude, he's, is he, he might propose. This dude is like crazy. Like what's going on? Right. But I was, I was soaking it up. I was just like, well, so, I mean. So this, so this, because yeah. that was going to be the next thing I was going to say to you. Like, listen, it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, and he's and sending you, tangoing. Yeah, he, he's tangoing. sending you baby, like he, he, he's leading the dance, but you're also, you know, you're taking the dip. So I took the dip, but I took the dip and through self-reflection, I took the dip because I was so low. I was so insecure. I was so vulnerable. I was so desperate. And I was in such a position. I had, I felt like I had no power or agency. And not to say that he, um, you know, he made me do this or anything like that. No, not at all. But I wasn't operating at my, my highest ability. Like, I wasn't shutting shit down when I knew I should have shut shit down. Okay. So you didn't shut shit down. You moved in with him after a month. He yeah. moved in with me. And that was also an, a huge, a huge problem was right there. So he moved into your apartment. Yes. And you, you're both living in Harlem at this time. Yeah. He was, well, he was living in the Bronx. Okay. So, that, so that's the other thing. He also, I think, wanted to be in Harlem, because he hung out in Harlem all the time. He wanted to buy into this image of who I, he thought I was. I feel like he thought I was a come up, you know? Like, here goes this independent girl or woman who has her stuff together, who lives in this apartment by herself. And he would always ask me, like, you live with somebody else? Or you, you do this by yourself? Or, you know, like, all these kind of questions trying to gauge, like, you know, like how independent I was, because again, David is definitely afraid of people taking advantage of him financially. So he doesn't want to be with somebody who doesn't have their stuff together. 
because he doesn't want to be responsible financially for anyone. Listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to knock his hustle because I, 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 I don't blame him because I yeah. actually, like I told you, we have the same hangups. I'm the yeah. same damn way. Right. I don't want to do with a dude who doesn't have his shit together. I could do bad by myself. Facts. 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 I, I mean, I, I say it on frequently on our episodes where somebody comes on, they go, oh, I have a friend for you. I'm like, nah, keep your friend, ma. I'm good. Because <laughs> I, I realize even in my precarious position, I am still better off than most people on the planet. Right? I, I, I get I that. I do bad all by myself. Right. Uh, I, you know. So the idea of being a come up for somebody is, is not a trap. And I can, I can see the frustration. So you guys move in together after a month. How soon before you become pregnant? The second month. And so by the, by the second month, we had already, I had already signed us up to go to counseling because a lot of things happen during that month. David has a lot of abandonment issues. And I guess I do to some extent, not as much as him. And I think another one of his big fears is that he'll be kicked out. He'll be separated from his home without his choice. And the idea of him being in my home, he, he kept saying, you're just going to kick me out. I know you wanted to kick me out. I know you want to kick me out. Can't believe you. And he would like throw himself out of my apartment. And I'm like, I never told you to leave. I never kicked you out. I never did any of that we would have an argument about something simple and he would go to a hundred and say, you got kick me out. I knew I should have never moved in with you. You shouldn't. And, and slamming doors, leaving the house, you know, grabbing his things. And this would happen often. And I'm just like, I can't live like this. So in, in two months of you living together, two months. Well, 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 to say that was interesting would be an understatement. Habiba really spilled some unsweetened tea, now didn't she? But as promised, there's more to come. So make sure you tune back in in two weeks for part two of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. In the meantime, Chris and David would love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to subscribe, review, or comment on anything you heard or anything you didn't hear at Single Dad Why You Mad on IG, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?